Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety with an emphasis on healthy and robust safety cultures in aviation and transportation organizations. Since 2004, Baldwin has partnered with transportation providers to help pilots, safety managers, frontline teams, and others to integrate, document, and build positive safety cultures and organizations. Each podcast episode will focus on an element of safety that can help you in your workplace, whether it's a cockpit, vehicle, or hangar. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. Hey, everybody. What can I say but... Welcome to the Safety Chat Podcast. Man, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be with you. Been exciting last week. Um, not sure when you're going to listen to, but we just wrapped up HAI Heli Expo, which was fantastic. I mean, what a great turnout. What a great crowd. Week before that, we we're at USC giving some SMS instructions. So it's been a busy few weeks, but I still wanted to come out and talk about a few things. Now, normally with these podcasts, I have like notes, I guess you'd say, or just a way to organize my thoughts so I don't ramble. And this time, I do not. So I may ramble, or it may be very short. But it's something that I've actually been thinking about quite a bit um, over the last few months, and especially the last two weeks. Um, Reading an article, really interesting article that I'd I'd like to share, find a way to share it, but it's an article actually that talks about, I don't want to say it's rebuttal, but it is a, um, it's kind of, it's kind of setting the record straight between what's been labeled as safety two and what safety one, and then how there's some concerns about the underpinnings of safety two and how they haven't been tested in practical environments and it's just all theoretical and so on and so forth um i really don't want to get into that get into that debate in this podcast but i do i do want to talk about uh one element of it especially when in in safety two they kind of lump a few things together re resiliency engineering um the safety two or safety differently from sydney decker and then hop or human and organization performance uh, hop for short and they 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 kind of went on that and saying that some of those principles are already part of safety one and specifically the human element and that's kind of the launching point i want to get into for my little my little ramble is that is that human element and and the reason why i want to talk about it <clears throat> is because with the safety management system as a safety manager we're we're so focused on getting the components and elements in place. We want to get the structure for the system in place so that it will meet regulatory requirements, meet industry standard requirements, you know, start the data flowing. Whatever the reason may be, we're, we're very focused on getting these, these pieces in place. And I think sometimes, sometimes we miss the human element. We forget about the fact that the whole reason why we have a safety management system is because of the humans. It's the humans we're trying to protect. It's the humans who are operating the equipment that we're also trying to protect. So it's it, it's really easy to kind of brush over the human aspect of safety in general and safety management. So going into HOP, our human, our human and organizational performance, 
they have they have five principles uh, which are really human focused, and I really like that. And then I, I kind of want to talk about are they present now? So, so in these hop principles, and, and you can look them up. Um, Dr. Todd Conklin is one of the biggest proponents and um, contributors to the hop theory. But these these five principles, the first one is uh, people make mistakes, and that's a principle. Okay, it's not just a statement; it's a principle. It's something that we have to we have to engender. We have to understand. You know, there's been books out there by a really famous author saying, you know, we need to hit the target 100% every single day. We have to be flawless. I, I don't I don't know if that's possible. At least for me, I'm not perfect, and, and nowhere near, as a matter of fact. And no, I don't think anybody's perfect. But we we do make mistakes. Um, the second one is blame fixes nothing. And when we're going through these, I want you to think about what's already present in your system, in your organization right now. But the second one, again, it's a principle. It's not just a statement. It's a principle that blame fixes nothing. So we have to understand that when a failure happens, um, that blaming the person and sometimes shaming the individual does absolutely nothing. Does absolutely nothing, and probably, in, in fact, it probably makes things worse. So, blame fixes nothing is the second principle. Third principle is um, context drives behavior. So, in the hop, in the hop context, um, I've used context quite a few times there, but in the hop context, this idea is that the environment, the environment in which the individual is working, and the culture, the practices, the language, it, it drives the behavior. Now, excuse me. Now, this is a big tenant of of safety culture in general, and that the culture is very influencing and driving of an individual or a worker's behavior. So, if we have a culture of disregarding um, procedures and circumventing risk controls, if we have that in our culture, no matter who you bring in, even well-intentioned people, it's that culture that's probably going to end up driving that behavior, so as not to be counterculture. So context really drives behavior. So as a side note, in the in the hop um, in the hop context, and I certainly don't want to always you know speak to too much certainty of hop because it's still evolving. But in the hop context, it's this idea that um, when we build safety capacity and we allow for less direct control, but allow for more uh, variation in work, as it were that the people will behave accordingly and that people will be able to behave in a way that uh, aligns with the goals and the safety goals of the organization. So we have to, we have to understand that context drives behavior. So again, in the, hop con- in the hop world, it's important for us safety managers to understand the context in which they are working. So where are we at right now? So we have people make, dis- make mistakes, blame fixes nothing, context drives behavior. Number four is learning is vital. We've heard the expression of a learning organization, but it's this idea that when we do fail, uh, because that's first principle, we make mistakes. When we do fail, rather than blame, which is the second principle, we need to learn from that. We as an organization need to take in this information. We need to ask these questions. Well, why did this happen? Not why did you do this, but what led you to do this? What was in the organization? What was in the context, the third principle, that, uh, that led to this, to this failure? Um, so, so that learning is vital. And again, it's not a statement. It's a principle. We need to learn. As an organization, we have to absolutely take in that information from everything, uh, from every failure, and say, what is it about the system? Now, there is one... 
One argument um, the author in that paper made about hop versus safety one is that in hop tends to focus more on organizational systems and dynamics leading to failure rather than individual than what safety one, where safety one has the space to say, okay, person did just, you know, did just fail um, having a bad day or whatever it might be. So uh, learning is vital. And then five, response matters. So response means that the organization from what they have learned is going to take action. All too often we see we have this problem, we have this problem, people are submitting issues and nothing happens. In fact, the story I heard in class a couple weeks ago is that at a particular airline, they were constantly complaining about the temperature in the cabin, temperature in the cabin, reports were being made, people were making errors due to the excessive heat, nothing was being done until... The CEO got on one of those planes and said, "Wow, it's really hot here." And then, next thing you know, all the uh, all the packs have were being fixed. So, but the response matters. It, it shouldn't have to take a really high-ranking individual to finally realize the problem. But they should be learning from what they're getting from the from the front line and then responding as necessary. So, response matters. So, so there we have those five principles. But the one thing I want to point out is that nowhere in those five principles do we talk about system or systematic procedures. Everything we talked about revolves around people. And I think I think that sometime, like I said, as I open this up with, is something we miss. So we, we, need, to, we need to talk about and we need to think about the people. Now, when we go back to that argument about safety one versus safety two or, or hop and in, in, in safety one, that safety one doesn't really focus on people, I, I would have to disagree with that. And so I agree with the paper that's saying that that's not true. Um, because specifically when we talk about um, the two bookend components of the safety management system, again, we're going back to system here, but safety policy and objectives and then going into uh, safety promotion, both of those components are meant to really deal with the individuals in the organization. And I don't mean deal with them like there's something bad, but I mean address and really flesh out that that human element in a safety management system. So, for example, in policy and objectives, we talk about, yes, you have an individual who is stating that I'm the accountable executive. These are the resources I'm going to be providing. I'm going to establish safety objectives, on and on, so on and so forth. But the point is, is that it's setting the stage for appropriate leadership so that creates an environment that is safe for its people. And that's what it comes down to. So we're saying here is intent. And then a little bit into the first component too, we, we, we talk a little bit and we just brush on it. And I think we could do a better job getting into it deeper in the framework. But we talk about the intent to establish that kind of environment. But then we start talking about other things uh, that, that uh, the leadership needs to be responsible for. And under management commitment, one of the first ones is establishing a positive safety culture. And that is an all-encompassing term, but what it's saying is that you need to build the environment. You need to build the context and where the people not only not only can feel safe physically against, you know, against any hazards, but they can also psychologically feel safe. So the psychological safety and the fact that they can speak up, that they can contribute, that they can make a suggestion, that they can actually provide um, provide input into the system is very important. And again, we're dealing with the people. So that first component, safety policy and objectives, is very important. It's an important part in establishing. I, to me, it establishes the relationship 
for the organization and the people in the organization. <clears throat> now, when we get over into safety promotion, again, I know it can seem mechanistic when we talk about safety communication and safety training, but again, in my opinion, <clears throat> in the safety one context, we are still dealing with the people. We are saying that the leader, again, has to apply appropriate leadership so that people can feel like they can engage in the safety management system. And engagement in that safety management system is going to be through communicating with them. So when we talk about a response is necessary, while that is a hot principle and it's number five and it's very important under safety management system, under that first component of safety communication, again, it is, it is the pathway, it is establishing the pathways for the organization to communicate back to the employee and vice versa. So it's opening up a dialogue. So again, there still is that element of the person. Then we get into safety training. We talk about we talk about getting people to feel competent, not only in their own duties, but in contributing to the safety management system so that they can feel engaged and make a difference and provide that information that the organization can learn from. So we we do have that we do have that notion of people in safety one or safety management systems, that HOP is kind of talking about. So, but what I really liked about the paper, and I'll start wrapping up here, so I'm not wandering too much, but what I really like about that paper, again, that talks about, you know, kind of refutes uh, safety too, and, you know, RE, HOP, safety differently. Um, the one thing that was important that I think they pointed out is that safety one and safety two do not have to be looked at as mutually exclusive. That safety two is not a complete rebrand, evolvement of safety one. Safety one, I feel, will always have a place. Will always have a place in, in, in safety science. Safety two, I think, has some really good principles that are that are more of a philosophy, if I could say. I know that sounds horrible, but it's more of a philosophy that can go into operating into a safety one environment. So, uh, for example, HOP, uh, HOP, HOP practitioners will tell you HOP is not a program. HOP is not something that's implemented. It's a philosophy. It's a paradigm. It's a way of looking at things. So I, I like the idea that while safety management systems do address the human element, it's not as blatant or direct as I think it could be, but I like the fact if we could take HOP, those five principles, and marry them, especially into those two components that I talked about, to really set the stage to really impact, um, to really impact people and, and set the and set the culture right and set the the context as it is in, in HOP. Set that right. I think that would be a really really smart thing to do because again. We, we, we forget. We put in the safety management system. We go to great lengths to document it. But we forget about it. It's about the people. So if we could take the time, and even in our manuals, and I know that sounds really bland and boring, but even for our manuals, if, if we could look at these HOP principles, and you can find them, just Google the five principles of HOP. Um, and HOP Lab is probably where it will take you to. But if we could take the time and really and really imbue these, these principles and really take them in and maybe even include them into our manual and how we're going to view the human in the safety management system. I think it could go a long way to to helping establish that, that positive culture that we're always looking for, uh, to increase engagement, 
and to just give people that, that sense that they, they are safe, both physically and psychologically. So that was my ramble, and um, it was off notes. So I hope it was okay. Uh, but at least, hopefully, it gets you thinking about um, something out of the context of safety management system, of including things that could really make a difference. I, I, like I said, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. In fact, I think they support each other. But check out HOP. Um, see, how, see how it impacts you. See how it moves you, uh, especially when dealing with the people. And love to know your thoughts on it. Uh, drop me an email anytime. Give me a call, whatever. Uh, I would love to hear from you. And as always, if there's anything else you want to talk about, anything I can dig down into and research and give my opinion. <laughs> well, I don't know if anybody wants my opinion, but I can give you the facts and then give you the opinion on them. Then, um, yeah, drop me a line. That would be fantastic. And thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. Stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.